Here in Seaside, we love our beach. There's nothing better than exploring along the sand and breathing that fresh Oregon coast air. We try to keep the beach clean for all to enjoy. That's why this year, we're rewarding all you unsung helpers out there with beach cleanup coins, redeemable on the dollar at local coffee shops in Seaside. It's our way of saying thank you for doing a little good while having a lot of fun. To learn more and get your free travel guide, visit SeasideOR.com. Welcome to the Dive Podcast, presented by Willamette Week, where every Saturday we discuss the biggest news stories of the week with Portland's noisiest newsmakers, savviest culturistas, and some of the best journalists in the game. I'm your host, Brianna Wheeler, and I want to hear from you. So send your questions and comments to me, bwheeler at wweek.com. All right, y'all, enjoy the show. This week's cover story examines why... After decades of consistent boom, Portland's population is suddenly shrinking. Depending on how long you've lived here or where you immigrated from, you may have an entirely different perspective on how this city looks, how it got to where it currently is, and whether or not better days lie ahead, or what even constitutes better days. And honestly, it feels like emotional to get into when we talk about Portland like this, I really feel like I'm talking about like a best friend or a a partner or a family member who's like at rock bottom. And I feel like I'm talking about someone that I love deeply and intimately enough to fight for, you know, but regardless of how seriously I love Portland, I, I cannot deny that this has become a very difficult place to live. The spiraling murder rate, the crippling cost of living increasing gun violence, a hamstrung school system, the acknowledgement that the longer you live here, the more likely it is that your catalytic converter or just your whole car will be stolen, a lack of housing, gross indifference to poverty, a proliferation of mental health crises and anemic support systems to address them, just utter failures in leadership. Yes, I love Portland. I will always love Portland. But does she love us? Or should we all be trying to kick rocks? It's Saturday, January 4th, and this is episode 109 of The Dive. Today, Anthony Effinger and I are unpacking his cover story, They Left, an examination of the causes and effects of Portland's population decline and how the exodus might affect the city's political and cultural landscapes in the years to come. Anthony and I will chat in just one sec, but first, here's what I learned from this week's edition of Willamette Week. Sophie Peel reports that a cache of illegally moored boats docked by the Riverside Marina has been causing headaches for the Oregon Department of State Lands. But after numerous empty warnings were issued and Parks and Rec took action, towing and dismantling Travis Nagel's 33-foot sailboat, the Bureau then had to pay Nagel $10,000 because they towed the boat a day earlier than allowed. Backpage highlights include a primer on a cancer-fighting cannabinoid and a conversation with Tamara Monique Walker, a.k.a. Faya, about her iconic Last Laugh Sundays variety show. Now, let's catch up with Anthony about his cover story, They Left. 
Portland has always kind of lost older people who um, get older, retire, and start living on a fixed income. And, you know, we're a state that has no sales tax, which mm. is a great thing. Uh, we have a kind of a capped property tax, um, but that means that we rely on income tax for a lot of our revenue. It's yeah. kind of a one and a half legged tax stool, if you will. Um, and what that means is that income taxes are high. So when you get older and you've made some money and you're living on a fixed dish income, even if it's a lot, you get a little tax adverse in a state that has high income taxes. So we've always kind of lost older people is what the state economists tell me. Believe it or not, Multnomah County has grown every year since 1987, right? And that was a down year. That was the first down year. That was one year uh, that was down. And before that, it, it, it slumped in 19, I think it was 83 and 84 when the timber industry, you know, completely um, fell apart. It was a recession. And that, by the way, that was the last time Oregon ever voted for a Republican presidential candidate. Reagan won Oregon. Whoa. Um, the economy was so bad that, you know, um, he came up here and said, I'm going to fix the logging industry, and he won. Anyway, since then, since 87, um, the county has grown every year until the year 2020, when we had a net outflow of people. You know, more people um, either more people either died than were born or left than came, whatever. You know, you can do the math, and we ended up with a net loss of people in Multnomah County. Well, that happened again in 21, and it happened again in 2022, and these are years that end July 1. Mm -hmm. So in those three years, the county lost people, which is, we went back to 1971, and we didn't find three years in a row where the county lost people in any of that, that time period. Mm -hmm. So something's happening. Now, okay, so a lot of things happened in the last few years. We all experienced it, right? There was the pandemic. Suddenly, you could work from home. Um, the city sort of stumbled on some pretty bad times, right? Um, homelessness got pretty bad. Crime got pretty bad. Um, a lot of things conspired to make Portland less attractive. And you could suddenly do your job in Portland from someplace else, like Idaho, Las Vegas, uh, Hawaii. Vancouver, Hawaii. Yeah, we've read about this, Texas. So a lot of things came together that could explain why we lost population. And the question now is, now that things are kind of returning to normal, what's going to happen? Now, the state economists, they thought population would snap back in the year ended July 1, 2022. They thought this is going to happen, and it didn't. And they're kind of like, what's going on? So it's a little bit like gut check time. Hmm. You know, what's the deal? Are we, you know, is it is it over? Is the dream of the 90s still alive <laughs> in Portland? I mean... <laughs> You know, and that's and what, all we did in our story was put faces on the statistics. Mm -hmm. right? yeah. That's all we did was just like say, okay, all these people are leaving. What's going on? Yeah. Um, and we talked to a bunch of people and we asked them what was going on, and they said, well, the crime freaks me out, the blight freaks me out. I'm paying a lot of taxes. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of new taxes, um, and it's yeah, it's just the kind of the you know, and these are people who love Portland. Yeah. I mean, they never thought they'd leave and. And they're leaving. They went, you know, people are going to Florida. They're going to Vancouver. They're, you know, they're going to other places. And look, is it happening to other cities? Yes. Um, is it notable because it's happening to a city that was like a magnet for people? Yeah. Yeah. So. I could relate to 
almost everybody's story, but um, in particular, uh, Katie's story, because I live in Woodlawn too. When I got here in 2006, it was a very like quiet, Joe Schmegular kind of neighborhood, like really healthy mix of um, white collar and blue collar people on the train every morning, on the buses every morning. Um, and now it's looking more like the place that I moved away from because I moved from Long Beach here. Um, oh. Yeah. But uh, I was wondering if there was, did any of these stories like touch you in the same way? Like were any of them super relatable to your experience in Portland? Yeah, I would say her story too. I think, because I live in Northeast Portland and, and, you know, we love the restaurant Firehouse. It was like a place where our family goes all the time. It's oh, like sure. Kind of when somebody, somebody graduates from something or has a birthday or something like that, that's our go-to place. And I've always been sort of enchanted by that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh I love the park. I think it's a, I think it's just a neat place. And to find out that, that you know, that whole a whole block of people, she said a lot of people on her block left. And it's like, oh, my God, that was like a cute little, you know, community up there. Mm-hmm. So I would say her story did. Um, What's like the ratio of or upper middle class kind of high earner expat? And um, people that have just passed on. Mm, um, we, we will know more about county level exodus in a couple months. Anecdotally, what I'm hearing, and I'm, I've gotten so many emails since this story ran, uh, you just can't even believe it. I've never seen anything like it. Um, of people like, yeah, this was my, this was the case for us too. This was the case for us too. And again, it's it, it seems like it's a lot of people in their 40s. Uh, 50s, some a little younger, some a little older, but these are people in their earning years. Yeah, and they're they're just saying, you know what? No, uh, this ain't working for me anymore. Um, and everybody says so reluctantly. You know, it's hard to get people to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you did. We did have a couple of people, you know, in the story who are, are um, were delighted to talk about it. Like, um, there's a woman, Erica Hetfield, who's hilarious. Um, uh, she's a she's a GOP you know lobbyist and she'll talk all day long about how Portland's <laughs> screwed up and how she was ready to go mm-hmm. and moved to Lake Oswego and thought that suburban life was going to be mind numbing but it's not mm-hmm. um, you know but you know the, a lot of people I'm getting these emails from are Portland liberals who are just disenchanted and then of course you get a bunch of people saying like good riddance. Yeah. Um, you know, Anthony worked for Bloomberg News for 24 years. What do you expect him to say? You know, then I, the best was somebody asked me what the inside of um, Jordan Schnitzer's ass tasted like. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> I was obviously so far up it. And so, you know, I'm, I, look, I'm glad the conversation is going. You know, I'm glad we got the conversation going. Because it is, I tell you what, it's the elephant in the room. The reason we did the story is I heard from so many people who were like, we're thinking about going, yeah. you know, I got a buddy who's like thinking like he's going to move to Duluth or something. Duluth? Climate, yeah. Climate change. It's good for climate change. Huh. You know, yeah. I know. Lake Superior, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be like, um, it's going to be like Florida up there pretty soon. Um, well, no, it's not, but you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> not that are, Florida, you're like, this Florida. <laughs> it's going to be, you know, it's going to be warmer. Anyway, so it's just, it's all around you. I mean, mm-hmm. it really is the elephant in the room. Like, what are people going to do? Yeah. 
And everybody knows somebody who said the heck with it. Yeah. And so many people. I mean, this one woman we talked to, um, Kay, Julia McCabe, was it? Um, moved to Florida, moved to um, the west coast of Florida and is loving it. And she's like, I know 10 families who have left. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. Hmm. You know, which is nuts. Like they're, and they've gone to places like Texas, North Carolina. Okay, I can see, you know. Um, but it's a comp look, it's like, and everybody, it was, I didn't, I, it was unprompted. I said, what are you doing? Why are you leaving? And they say, well, I, the place looks like shit. Um, it doesn't seem to be the city that works anymore. And taxes are really high. Yeah. One of the things that really, like, kind of choked me was this, was the marginal tax rate. Because it was only, like, what, t three weeks ago in the How We Rate issue, um, the cost of living in Portland is uh, $110,000. $125,000 is not that much more. I mean, that's a fuck, that's a lot of money. But yeah, but does right. that qualify somebody as a high earner in a place that costs $100,000 a year to live in? It's wild. Yeah, no, right. Yes, exactly. Right. Right. It's a great question. I mean, I think there's a lot of people who are just kind of like, wait, like what? Like, yeah. I'm not a wealthy person. I'm paying kind of wealthy person level of taxes and you know my catalytic converter gets stolen yeah. and yeah you no know, yeah um and people are throwing heroin needles in my front yard and yeah et cetera, and, et cetera. yeah or uh, yeah and my car's gotten stolen twice or you know when i moved here in 97 95 i never thought i'd be writing a story like this <laughs> i mean for years i mean what was the biggest problem in portland it was the it was managing growth yeah. I mean, these uh, people, I mean, politicians, everybody else had it really easy around here for the longest time. Mm -hmm. All they had to do was manage growth, mm -hmm. you know, and keep everybody happy and make sure there was enough artisanal donut shops. And, we maxed them know. out. <laughs> <laughs> I, God, I mean, you remember, like, don't you remember, like, in 2016 or 2017, this was like San Francisco North. You remember? Like, yes. it was like, that's when everything was like, you know, I don't know, artisanal maple bars and mm -hmm. I don't know. Every donut costs $3. Like high-end donuts. And now it's like, ugh. it's like, it's a little, it feels a little rust belty. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you think this, this shift in the population is going to change the political landscape considering the big changes that we have ahead of us. Interesting. Um, yeah. So, okay, two things come to mind. One, the people of Portland elected Renee Gonzalez in the last election, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, the top of the story, we say, you know, a liberal, uh, a conservative is a, is a liberal who's been mugged. And in a way, I think there, I know I have lots of liberal friends who uh, were just, are so fed up, they're just like, they voted for Renee. Mm -hmm. And I think that you'd expect the younger, more idealistic people who had been immigrating to Portland to be, you know, more to the left. Sure. If the population ages, and you don't get that influx of young people, 
I mean, Democratic voting trends suggest that you will have a, a more conservative right-wing mm-hmm. electorate, right? I mean, so that could, I mean, it could start to have some real political ramifications, especially we got, we got council elections coming up in two years. There's going to be 12 new seats. Yeah. Um, they're going to be divvied up by, by um, geography. Uh, I think it's going to get really interesting. Yeah. Well, that's one way you to know, put it. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I went to this thing. I went to this thing that Jordan Schnitzer, you know, the, you know, Jordan Schnitzer, who's, you know, one of the richest guys in Portland. He's been a real booster. He's big in the arts and all this and say what you will. I mean, he has, He's still in town and he's still giving money and all this, but he's got this, you know, revitalized Portland coalition, which is a bunch of real estate people who are just super pissed off. And, you know, it, I went to this thing at Revolution Hall the other the other day and they had all these speakers there and it was like a lot of doom and gloom. And, you know, um, and he said, you know what, these council elections, the business community needs to get in there and run people. Because, you know, the thing about this is we're going to have 12 people on the council and they're going to be elected by ranked choice voting, which means the winner can get elected with 25 percent of the vote. Yeah. He's like, that could be good for us. Right. It might not just be good for like, you know, lefties, you know, who are you know, normally be elected to Portland. He's like, the business community could win some of these seats. Mm-hmm. And I think that's their agenda. Right. They see an opportunity here. So I think it's going to be really interesting. Hmm. You know, you've got a city dealing with big, big problems and a brand new way of doing business. I mean, you're throwing the cards up in the air. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Did you report anything on this story that made you yourself feel like you want to kick rocks? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, I mean, some of the stories about... You know, you can only hear these things so many times, but stories about people having to, like, get on the sidewalk because they hear gunshots really bum me out. Um, as somebody who has kids, uh, you know, and my, once my son's off in college in Rhode Island, and, you know, I feel kind of good about that, and um, my daughter's going to leave here next year. But I'm sort of like, God, I, you know, we tell our kids this is like, because we were living in New York City in the 80s and early 90s, and... You know, we moved to Portland and people were like, oh, you're moving to Northeast Portland. Be careful. I'm like, are you serious? Really? Um, they said the same thing yeah, to me like, when I moved up here from Long man. Beach. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I'm like, come on. Seriously. Have you been, you know, <laughs> yeah. anywhere? And, and we were like, we loved it. You know, it was great. But we tell our kids, it's like, you've you got to behave like it's in New York in the old days here. You just you can't, you can't leave anything in the car. Mm. You know, you can't. you got to keep your eyes open. Yeah. And it's just that was not the way it was here for the longest time. I mean, look, there was always kind of petty theft, right? You know, our car got broken into in Forest Park and they stole everything and, you know, okay. But it just seems so much more common now. Yeah. Like if you, we, got, we, had our, we had our car stolen. You tell that story. You say, oh, I got our car stolen. He's like, yeah, so did we. So did we. So did we. How many times? So did we. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, sorry to write such a depressing story. <laughs> Well, you know, it, it is, but then it, it's also a little bit reassuring because there is like that relatability angle where you're kind of like, okay, well, I'm not alone in feeling this way because I, Portland is my girlfriend and my boyfriend and my husband and my wife. I love Portland, but 
it's hard to watch this happen, you know? You know, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that because we put a line in this story about how Portland once wooed people like a lover. And I thought, is this too strong? No, I thought that was so astute. Well, if Brianna's saying it, then, you know, I feel better. (laughs) (laughs) Big thanks to this week's guest, Anthony Effinger, and thanks to you for joining me. I hope you'll join me again next week. Until then, bye!